Welcome to the Wild Joy Podcast, where together we will be exploring the many ways we can holistically create greater joy and vibrant health in our lives. My name is Amber, and I'm so grateful you're here with me. So let's jump in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Joy Podcast today. It is episode eight, and we are talking about a term that I say all the time to the people who take my classes, to the clients that I work with about eating. And I realized that a lot of people say it, and at the same time, a lot of us don't really know what it means. So today we're going to talk about listening to your body. I mean, what does that really mean? And I'm not talking about like when I eat too much cheese, my body makes some very audible noises that my entire family can hear. Sometimes they can smell them too. And as ridiculous as that is, that is not, I mean, that's definitely a signal that my body is sending me about cheese, but that's not necessarily what I'm talking about here, right? So There is so much information that comes at us about what is best for our bodies or what we should be eating or what our bodies should look like. And if you're in the United States, you live in a culture that kind of has this muscle through it way of living, like no pain, no gain kind of thing, which is ridiculous, by the way. Um, So from a very young age... Most of us are programmed to listen to those external messages more than we listen to the signals that our body gives us. The effect this has over time is that we forget. We forget how to listen. We forget to feel. We forget to check in. We um, And we ignore things that might be making us feel like shit just because nutritional science tells us this is good for us. And by the way, just an aside about nutrition, I love the field of nutrition. It fascinates me. Food is medicine. And also, it is a very new science. If you look at the last few decades, the food that has been bad for us has gone from fat to carbs to sugars to just all sorts of things. It's very, very new. So take it all with a grain of salt. Um, It's also a billion-dollar industry, which means there's a lot of money to be gained based on the way people are eating in this country, in the world. So listening to those external messages will only get you too far and in the long run might actually leave you with worse health than you started with. So some examples of um, things that we may not have given thought to growing up. Um, the first one that comes to mind is like the clean your plate culture. And it's it's very well-intentioned. Food waste pisses me off. So I totally get the whole like you can't get up from the dinner table until you clean your plate. And eventually some of us might learn portion control or we might just learn that we have to eat whatever's in front of us. Therefore, we have taught our body that it doesn't need to send us the full signal or that I've had enough signal because we're not going to pay attention to it anyways because there's still food on our plate. Um, There's also this whole like eat this, not that culture. There's even a series of diet books called Eat This, Not That. Um, And we just grow up, particularly if you are female identified, 
the messages in which are that you receive that are geared towards you growing up are all about how you should look, right? I don't know how many times I heard people in my presence talk about how fat their thighs were or how flabby their stomach was or if they could only tone their arms or how unhappy they were with their body. It's everywhere. So when we um, live in a diet culture, we grow up learning we're not good enough. There was a 2015 study that discovered that 80% of 10-year-olds had already been on a diet. 10 years old. 53% of teen girls have negative thoughts about their body. This is terrible. And part of it is because we put more of an emphasis on those external messages than the way we actually feel. We live in a world that teaches us to care about how we look, not about how we feel, and it supports big agriculture. How many of us are actually healthier from drinking as much milk as the USDA tells us we need to drink? Most of us are not. I'm willing to bet. Anyways, so we're born knowing what we're born knowing what those signals are. We're born knowing how to honor those signals. Even if just as an infant it's crying because something doesn't feel right, we're still expressing that something doesn't feel right. And over time, we forget how to do this. I'm not saying like cry every time something feels wrong. I, you can. I cry often. I think it's great for you. But what I am saying is that it is really time to learn how to listen to those signals in our body, learn what makes us feel good, because it is such a fundamental step in learning how to be proud of our bodies, be comfortable with our bodies, to celebrate the skin that we live in. And it is so key to being truly and holistically healthy. We don't know what is going to make us function the best or feel the best if we're not listening. That answer is not outside of us. So today I'm just going to go over some quick things that you can do to learn how to listen to your body again. Some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller, some of them are more tangible than others, but I feel like it's not enough. Like We're not going to just wake up one day being like, oh, hey, look, my body is telling me that I ate too much sugar yesterday because my joints ache. Because not everybody's joints are going to ache if they eat too much sugar, right? That's one of the beautiful, overwhelming parts about nutrition and health is that each of us are our own unique little skin sack full of things to celebrate and things to pay attention to, and it's never going to be the same from person to person. So here's how we learn how to listen to ourselves again. The first thing is to be patient. Like I said, it's not going to happen overnight. We're not going to wake up one morning and be like, hey, look. I know how to listen to my body now. Um, it happens over time. So be patient. Don't expect it all to happen at once. And also what I'm talking about when I say be patient is that sometimes in the course of listening to your body, you're going to realize that certain things make you feel like crap and you're still going to eat them. Case in point, ice cream. I fucking love ice cream. I, it's horrible for me. It makes me gassy. It makes my stomach hurt. It... Uh, tends to contribute to more headaches and migraines. Um, it makes me feel heavy and sluggish, and I just don't like it. I, I mean, I like the ice cream. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I still eat it, though. So part of this patience is the patience of unlearning the triggers that send us towards those things that we might discover make us feel like crap, and also the patience of learning what will take the place of the ice cream. 
we don't realize how many um how much our emotions and our sense of worth and the way we express care to ourselves and others is tied up in food. So there's a lot that goes on with learning how to listen to your body. There's the learning to see and know what the signals are, and then there's the learning to honor those. And those are two different pieces. Um, you also need to be gentle with yourself, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna do things that make you feel like crap or that you know aren't the best for you, and that's okay. It's not about, um, you know, and and this is another reason why people hesitate to do this work on themselves. It's not really about, you know, never eating the cookie again. Um, it's about eating the cookie because you want to and knowing that it was a good choice instead of having a bad day, picking up the bag of cookies, eating the whole thing, feeling like crap, saying you're never going to eat cookies again, beating yourself up, and then waiting until you have another hard day. And in a frenzy almost, you buy a bag of cookies and eat the whole thing. If you're mindfully eating, if you are paying attention and and really living in the experience of eating, the cookie is great. In fact, two cookies might be great. So being gentle with yourself, it's not a black or white, you're not in or out, it's a journey, and sometimes it's easier than others. Um, so knowing um, that that your body does send messages and remind yourself to step back and check in with yourself, it's not always going to be particularly in a world where we're rushing from work to picking up the kids to soccer practice to making dinner to meetings to you know whatever else. We get distracted away from those messages. So part of it is learning how to step back and assess how you're actually feeling. And depending on your own personal experiences, you may not physically know how you're feeling. And it's going to sound silly, but I mean literally asking yourself, am I hungry right now? Am I tired? Am I thirsty? Do I need to drink some water? My stomach hurts. What do I think that's from? Is it because I'm nervous? Is it because what I ate for breakfast didn't sit well? Like asking yourselves. And whether it's an out loud conversation or an in-your-head conversation, we need to learn how to ask ourselves those questions and really explore what each sensation in our body actually means. Um, you know, I'll, I'm going to talk about it in a future episode, but depending on how much trauma and stress your brain has experienced, the centers in your brain dealing with sensation within yourself and the world around you actually shut down. So you physically may not know how you feel, and you have to start with baby steps. Um, one thing that all of the clients I've worked with one-on-one -on -one will tell you is that I am a huge fan of keeping journals about everything. Um, but specifically here, I'm talking about um, keeping a journal about your body. And I realize that that sounds controversial and it could go either way, but this is this is what I mean. Like writing down, this morning I woke up and this is how I felt. I had a slight headache or I got up and I drank a glass of water right away and felt energized. I ate around this time and this is what I ate. A half an hour later, I noticed I was still hungry, right? So that you can look back. And the reason I think this is such a great idea is that oftentimes it's not like our body sends us a text message that says, hey, by the way, um, the biscuit that you had for breakfast this morning really slowed shit down in here, literally. So please don't eat that again, right? It's not going to be that clear. 
What it might be like, though, is if you do keep a journal, you look back at it and you'd be like, gosh, the mornings in which I ate this, let's say it's it's fresh fruit, I felt more energized and ready to face the day. For me, it was the morning I eat, the mornings I eat processed carbs, I am exhausted for the rest of the day. If I mix, if it was a whole grain and I mixed it with protein, I was great, but processed carbs didn't sit well with me. And I don't know that I would have noticed that. I would like to think eventually I would. But what really brought that up for me is actually writing down day by day. This is what I ate. This is how I felt. This is what work was like. Here's how I feel about it. This is what I did this evening. So that I could tell like, gosh, you know, the days I felt stressed out, I didn't take any time for myself. Or the days that my body felt super weak was because I didn't do this or I did do this. Like noticing those patterns. So keep a journal. Write it down. Ask yourself, am I hungry? Do I need to eat? Why does my big toe hurt? I don't know. Um, But like really start having those conversations with your body. Another thing, and a lot of this isn't going to sound like a surprise because we hear it everywhere, but we don't often talk about why, but bring movement into your day. And I'm not saying that you have to take a full hour-long boot camp class where you're working hard and sweating the whole time. I it, it could literally be going outside and walking around the block a few times or getting up from your chair, rolling around on the floor and stretching, or dancing to some music with your kids. Like it doesn't have to be a specific type of movement, but movement is one of the best ways to get your brain and your body to reconnect again. It is one of the most efficient ways to stay connected with your body. And through that movement, with that strengthened connection, you're going to be a lot more aware of the messages that your body is sending you. It might even happen during movement. So, and there's there's a lot of science behind this. Um, a lot of it has to. It goes back to the physical structure of the brain and what the different areas of the brain do. And um, long term stress, really um, impactful stress, trauma, PTSD, all of these things affect your mind's ability to stay connected with your body and know what's happening. So um, there are a lot of reasons. It's not just because you were brainwashed by society, although I think a lot of us have been in some ways, um, it, it really has to do with brain health, which we're going to talk about in an episode soon. Um, and and movement is one of the most therapeutic ways to reestablish that connection with your body. So um, when you're moving, whether it's walking or dancing or working out or whatever, the key piece of this is, yes, do the movement, but also use that movement as an excuse to pay attention to your body. And I'm not saying pay attention to what your body can't do or the fact that in high school you could do 50 push-ups and now you can't even do one or the parts of your body you don't like. I'm talking about the way it feels to move. Where in your body do you notice when you're walking or running? What does it feel like to just move your body and pay attention to it. How does your breath feel as you continue to move? How do you feel when the movement stops, when the workout's over? 
when you're able to be still and just rest inside yourself for a while? Where in your body do you feel the echoes of the movement? And the next step would be, what do you think that means? What do you think that's telling you? Sometimes it's, wow, I really feel this sense of weightlessness. Now that I've moved around, the frustration I was feeling while sitting at my desk, the weight on my shoulders is completely gone. And there's this sense of freedom and ease that comes with that. Sometimes it's, oh, wow, I thought I had completely healed from that knee injury, but I see that I'm still favoring certain parts of my body to make up for it by the way or where I feel the fatigue in my body after that hike, right? So listening to that, there's no judgment involved in this. You do not need to judge or assess the quality of any any of it in order to establish this connection. And in fact, you'll be a lot more successful if you are able to suspend those opinions you have of yourself and just acknowledge, I feel fatigue here. I feel sore here. I feel weightless here. I feel this sense of joy here, right? None of that has to do with any of the issues you may um, be grappling with elsewhere when it comes to your health or your body. They might be signals, but there's no judgment needed there. Um, So the other one is also might not be a surprise, but for some reason we don't do it often enough. And I'm talking about mindful eating. And this isn't the whole like chew each bite a hundred times like the monks did kind of thing. Although that is a very interesting experience if you ever are curious. Um, But I want you to stop for a minute and I want you to think about like the last three days, how many times did you sit down and eat and just eat and not do anything else? You weren't on your phone. The TV wasn't on. You weren't working. You just sat down and ate. It's crazy because I think um, people talk about this and you're like, yeah, 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 we sit at the table to eat. But how, how many times are you sitting there just actually eating and paying attention to what you're eating and how you feel and connecting with the people who might be eating with you? So my tip is to knock that shit off. Quit working through lunch. Quit using your phone as a distraction and just shoveling food in your mouth right? Like I want you to actually pay attention while you're eating. Pay attention to the way the food tastes as you chew it. Listen to how like your body's going to tell you like, okay, I'm still hungry. Keep eating. And you'll reach a point where you're like, I don't feel that hunger anymore, but I could eat more because this food is still in front of me. And then you'll also notice like, oh shit, I ate way too much, right? Like start paying attention. You can't pay attention like that if you're on your phone playing Candy Crush or if you are watching Lego Wars on TV or if you are looking at last month's numbers and figuring out what's going to happen next month or any other number of things that we do while we're eating, right? Like take a step back and really be present in the experience of eating. How big of the bites are you taking? How long do you chew your food? How do you feel as you start to get full? What is it like to be full but not overly full? What would happen if you stopped eating at that point? What is the experience for the next few hours of your life? Be mindful about it. Quit distracting yourself while you eat. Um, So another one is release the labels 
and I'm I, like food labels, yes, but like a, a lot of times when people um, come to me for holistic health coaching or find out that I am a holistic health coach, I immediately get questions about, well, how should I be eating? Do I need to go vegan? Is paleo the answer? Like, I, stop. Just stop with that. Release the labels and really pay attention to how it affects you. How do you feel when you eat the cookie? Sometimes it's a nice treat, and I'm really proud of myself for treating myself. Other times I'm like, I didn't need that cookie or the five I ate after it, and I knew that going into it, I was actually just bored, or I was trying to distract myself because I really don't want to do this project for work. So release the labels. It's not about being vegan or being gluten-free or eating only organic or any of those things. And I'm not saying any of those things are inherently bad. What I am saying is that we get distracted in the label. We want a label so that we can slap it on our chest and say, hey, look, look what I am. Look what I did. And um, and that's fine. Like gold stars are great, but the gold star is worth literally nothing if what is behind the gold star is making you feel like crap, right? Like I would love to be vegan for a number of reasons. I think environmentally it is pretty responsible and I happen to really like animals of all kinds and eating them makes me kind of sad. I also have my own set of food allergies and sensitivities and autoimmune disease situations that mean when I do eat vegan, I feel great for three weeks and then life gets really, really awful and really, really hard, right? So if I weren't listening to the signals of my body, I would not know that. I would just keep muscling through, right, and faking it till I make it. And sometimes that's just because of misinformation or because I, you know, possibly was missing a food group. But at the end of the day, you really need to know how you're feeling so that you can decide, like, is it because I've decided to eat paleo all the time or is it because I'm missing something in my diet and I need to add you know, more leafy greens in so that I can get more iron. I don't know. But don't get distracted in the labels, in what you would call yourself or anything like that. Sometimes there are medical reasons, legitimate reasons to pay attention to that. But if you're simply just trying to listen to your body more and listen and figure out what works best for you, don't pay attention to any of that. And last but not least, trust your gut. Oftentimes we ignore our instincts because we don't have a fancy degree, because we are not a scientist in the field of nutrition doing lots of research um, or, you know, movement sciences, anything like that. But what you have that nobody else has is that you know what it's like to live inside your body. And nobody can tell you that, like, well, actually, doing 150 jumping jacks is really good for everyone because it uh, increases bone density. No, I'm sorry. If doing even five jumping jacks is like, wow, my knee is screaming at me and my hips do not like the impact, then stop doing the jumping jacks. It might be a conversation of, well, why does my knee hurt? Is it my form? Is there something going on that I need to address? Addressing it and then trying jumping jacks again. But honestly, I won't judge you if you never do another jumping jack. I'm not a fan of them either. So trusting your gut. And, and there's a couple layers to this, right? But And 
and surprise, surprise, it's a future episode, um, your gut, the biome in your intestines is literally your second brain. And it is intrinsically tied to the brain in your head. And it is fascinating how much your gut and your brain communicate with each other, play off of circumstances that exist within one that affect the condition of the other, right? Like it's endless. And also trust what your gut is telling you. That intuition is part of your nervous system. If you take a bite of something and you're like, you know what? I don't know about this. Don't eat it. Eat something else instead. Obviously, there will be times in your life where you're like, this is literally all I have to eat, and I'm going to pass out from low blood sugar if I don't eat it. As long as you're not allergic to it, you might encounter some situation somewhere where you're like, no, that like I, I do have to eat this even if I don't like it, right? But as a regular practice, please don't make that part of your diet. Like, Listen to what your body wants. Oftentimes, that is a message in and of itself of what you might need more of or what you're lacking or what you're curious about. It, all of it. Just listen to it. So anyways, that is my rant on how to learn how to listen to your gut. I hope you got something out of it. It is definitely not an exhaustive list. There are a million ways to learn how to listen to your body once again and remember what that's like and use that to create this wild joy and sense of health in your life. So if there's something that's not on my list that you're a huge fan of, I obviously want to hear about it. So please shoot me a text message, shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram, email me wildjoyamber at gmail.com. I want to hear about it. I might even share it on a future episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have lots of exciting episodes coming up. I have a guest interview about introverts and extroverts learning how to not only live together, but support each other in those aspects of their lives. We are going to be talking about the connection between your gut and your brain. We are going to be talking about all sorts of cool things. So please tune in, share with your friends, let me know how you like it. I will talk to you later. Have an amazing day. You've been listening to me, Amber, and the Wild Joy Podcast. Come find me online on Instagram and Facebook as Wild Joy Amber, or reach out by sending an email to wildjoyamber at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and stay healthy, my friends.